Hello. Welcome to the Religious Atheists Podcast, where the news both enlightens you and confuses you. We've decided to start using influencer marketing to get our exposure up and really spread the word of there being no word. Today, we are welcomed by an atheist member of the Saint No Saints Church. Please welcome our guest. The uh, the Pope that believes in nothing. Great to be here with you all. I'm the Pope that believes in nothing. Uh, there's there's nothing to believe in, so I'm not sure what the point of this organization is. Uh, but it's a, it's a great it's a great organization, and uh, and I'm proud proud to be the Pope of uh, of the Church of Nothing. It's very interesting, um, you know. Obviously, reading through your your deep history, um, your you know your, your journey, I guess to this point, um, you know, to see that and hear that you have no idea what the organization's about, but for you to have climbed the ranks, um, it, it just shows, you know, of course, the leadership that you bring to the to yeah, the yeah, you know, well, anti. You, you know, I I, <laughs> I appreciate you saying that, and uh, just how how strongly that I believe in absolutely nothing, you know, I just had to believe in nothing the most and, uh, and the rest, you know, <laughs> the rest came but easy. Oh, jokes aside, this is the Photography Brothers podcast <laughs> where you can get your weekly dose of photography, videography, and idiocracy. Anything that falls under that umbrella, uh, you're going to get that here. We have a jam-packed show for you guys today. Uh, we're going to talk about... Uh, you know, uh, we're going to talk about some of the myths, some of the misconceptions around photography. Bef- but before we do that, before we do that, we need to jam out here a little bit. All right. So Jared has yes. a song of the week. Jared, you want to take it away with uh, your beautiful well, melody there? All right. Well, uh, last week, Michael did again. You know, we... We like we like Michael's uh, Ed Sheeran's. Like I'm not gonna say we hate it, right? Like every time. In fact, I have to admit that uh, your Ed Sheeran actually got stuck in my head quite a bit. Um, yes. I was kind of I was kind of like singing it to myself when I woke up in the morning, like shooting in the dark with yes. the sodium. <laughs> yeah, that is me, like I can take me, no credit because yeah. I purely took advantage of a way smarter, more creative songwriter's ability to write good melodies and just. You know, that's what we do here. Our own words in there. That's, that's what we, we do, do here. But you, you did mention um, the the possibility of doing a Rush song, and uh, that got oh me pretty my. excited. So we've oh got a uh, a Rush tune for you guys right here. I'm pretty excited to get into it. I hope uh, hope Michael's excited. As a couple of Canadians so here, you know, one of the greatest uh, Canadian bands, maybe one of the greatest bands of all time. I think a highly underrated yeah. band, Rush. Maybe this whole episode will just be about Rush. We'll just talk about Rush for an hour. Um, but uh, anyways, we'll see what happens. So <clears throat> the thing is that it wouldn't even be worth attempting this if I didn't at least try to sing it high the way that Getty does it. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, we're going to see if I embarrass myself or not, though. All right, here we go. I get up round seven, shooting photos by nine. No time for bullshit, shooting photos all the time. Seems to me I could get the shot on a Sony or a Canon. Guess that's why they call me the photo man. 
call me the photo man That's what I am Oh my goodness, Jared Jared Lee over here, everybody <laughs> Jared, Jared Lee. Lee Of course, that was photo uh, man Jerry, Jerry photo Pert man. Uh, Jerry Alex Poirier Whatever you want to call it <laughs> Whatever you want to call it. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. Uh, I think Michael has said it already, but I'm your photographer, Jared Poirier, and he's another photographer. Michael Costa, <laughs> another photographer. I am also <laughs> another photographer. How are you guys doing? Hopefully they're doing well, because we've got a very exciting episode of the podcast today. I'm super pumped to get into it. It's uh, an idea that I came up with. Can't give Michael credit for this one. Michael has a lot of good <laughs> ideas, but uh, this this one was my idea. Uh, we're going to be talking about photography myths, everybody. And uh, there are a lot. <laughs> when I brought this uh, episode up to Michael, this might be like kind of like our uh, the episode that we did around um photo hacks right where like you yeah. said it and i was like man i don't know i don't know if i know if i could think of many and then this is like kind of like that i feel like you're, at first maybe michael was like photo myths i don't know i can't think of too many but uh i i know for me like i've got i think at least i got five plus like a bonus couple if i have to so i thought of quite of a few quite a few and i think uh I don't know. I'm I'm don't yeah. want to put words into Michael's mouth, but I think that he probably came up with a couple as well, right, Michael? I did. I also I, I've matched your six with a six. So we're good to go. Oh, that is You're so good. wicked. All right. Uh so <laughs> let's let's not screw around, I guess. Uh that was a weird weird intro, the the Pope of the Church of Nothing. That was interesting though. I liked that. I liked it. I think it's gonna it was weird in the moment, <laughs> but I feel like <laughs> Oh my god. Playing you it back, it, it might be better. I don't know. When we listen back on that, it is yeah. going to be, I think, probably the greatest intro in podcast history. Probably. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. It'll probably yeah. go into the, the textbooks of uh, the podcasting. Um, yeah. Podcasting library. Uh, whatever. Hall of Fame. Or, yeah. Hall of Fame, for sure. The podcasting Hall of Fame. Yeah. Like the Hockey Hall of Fame. They keep the podcast cup in there and all that stuff. I guess mm -hmm, it would. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, who's like the king of podcasts? It's probably Joe. I know. I know. And that sucks. It'd be like the instead of the Stanley Cup, it'd be the Rogan Cup. That just sounds horrible. We need, oh, of, we need a new king. We need a new king of podcasts. I don't know. I think Michael should be the king of podcasts. I'm gonna. I'm gonna nominate Michael next time. All right. Thank you. It Appreciate does actually it. sound legit. I just don't want to give him. I don't want to give it to him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's let's make a case for that. Let's make a case for that. Jerry, do you want to start off the topic? I know. I just said that we were gonna dive right in and not fuck around, and then I just spent a lot of time fucking around. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my first myth here, and I think this is actually like the ultimate camera myth, uh, and that is that a good camera is everything. I think that this is like the biggest uh, misconception that people have. Uh, I don't know why Michael's laughing. I maybe he disagrees with me here, but <laughs> I'll, I'll shed some light in a second. Please continue. Okay. You're on fire. I think, yeah, I think like even people who are photographers and amongst people who aren't photographers, I think that this is a belief that a lot of people hold. I think that it's uh, something that camera companies obviously benefit from. So it's a myth that they probably help to propagate and to hold up. Uh, essentially that idea that if you don't have a good camera, you can't shoot a good photo. Right. And, uh, mm -hmm. 
it's just not true. We'll get into the reasons here a little bit, but I do have uh, a quote here that represents it really well from the most mm. famous photographer ever, probably Ansel Adams. And this is uh, a pretty funny quote here that I really loved. Uh, the single most important, important component of a camera is the 12 inches behind it. That's obviously the the photographer, <laughs> the the brain of the photographer. You know, we joke around a lot a, a lot about it here. I even said on the the last episode that like the the photographer is like a third of the equation or whatever. But uh, it's honestly like to to kind of be serious for a second because I think that it will actually help people. Like, uh, you know, a really good camera won't instantly make you a better photographer. And uh, just because you have, I don't even want to see a bad camera, just because you have an underpowered camera doesn't mean that you can't be a good photographer, right? And uh, there's definitely uh, a lot to consider. The angle of the the individual who's taking that photo is really truly, truly like what you know and the the way that you can utilize light and utilize the functions of your camera are far more important than uh, than the camera itself, right? Yeah, I I think you... That's a really strong point. The the reason I was laughing, sorry, was just because, of course, that was like the first point on mine as well. Okay, but, good. Um, so I, <laughs> I thought no, Michael was going to say, "Hey, man, you're wrong. A good camera. That's all you need." <laughs> no, you need to you need to spend ten G's. Um, yeah, that's it. No, and then I, you're good. I think the main issue is just that like people need to align their expectations with what is needed. I, I don't think you know you don't need a four K. Um, it, actually, I shouldn't get into that because that's a, maybe that's another point I was going to. Maybe get that's into the next point. <laughs> but point is, point is, yeah. I mean, look, um, I'll just kind of fuse my point in with yours and kind of build off of it. It's just you know, there will always be feature updates, um, you know, improvements to some of those baseline specs. But um, you know, the lenses are going to make the most noticeable difference. I find when it comes to the sharpness of your image, and of course, you know your f-stop for how much light you're letting in you know you're really going to get a lot of that flexibility through the lens um, collection that you got there or just the lens that you have or just um, more light so, right if you just have like tons or more just light. more light that's yeah. right you know i know a lot of people um it's actually funny uh, josh he's really talented and i don't think he i know he's not still shooting crop i don't i don't think so but he he used to come to a lot of our photo meetups and he would bring up like strobes it, they were portable they had the battery wow. just the battery packs on them and everyone would be just walking around with their like sony's and their whatever and we're taking photos at night and then he'd be like hey model can you come here for a second and set up his boxes and yeah. take those photos yeah, and the and photos sure enough his were better yeah unbelievable oh my god unbelievable it doesn't yeah you're right being able to control that light in one way or another is really yeah for sure and like the the lens stuff is a is a really good point it'll actually that ties in very well with my uh my next point (laughs) that i want (laughs) that i want to do and maybe maybe it does with with yours as well um yeah yeah, uh, even taking it away from like lens body any of that taking it away from even like the gear that you have even if like you have lights that you bring with you even other than that like just the mind of the photographer, being able to yeah. utilize light, you know, and being able to work around that camera. Like one big secret of mine when I do uh, photography, like people will look at some of the images that I capture of like spaces when I do like real estate or corporate photography and they're like, 
this room looks so good when you shoot it. Like, how does it look like that? Well, I have a, I have a pretty decent camera, especially for photography, right? The 16 Mark II. But I also mm -hmm. do HDR photography when I do that, right? So I essentially take like five or six photos. The best aspects of all of those photos get stacked into HDR image. And then it just looks way richer. Your darks look darker. Your brights look brighter. Your colors are richer. Just a more dynamic image, right? And that's something that, you know, through experience, through uh, researching online and, and everything like that, that... I've, you know, come up with those skills and it's, it's all, yeah, it really is. It's not about what, it, what's necessarily in your hands. It's about what's in your head. That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, it talks to the 12 inches behind the camera, right? Um, I think you, you brought up a good point there in that, um, you know, it's, it's in the process as well, or like, I guess you're, you're, you know, how, how you, how, 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 what are you doing as the creative to get as much of the out of that uh, image as you can? Yeah. And that can be in post and that can be sure, yeah, even in real time. Right. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, if, if you're not getting a lot of light, but there is a, a soft light source and maybe you'd be really creative and you do something that's really like silhouette or like, you know, you only have part of that face illuminated yeah, and yeah. you're really intentional with, with how you're shooting. Yeah. You know, um, I think it, for sure. I mean, I'm sure Jared will agree with me. Uh, but for myself, um, shooting on a crop sensor at night was very difficult, but it definitely helped me to progress my creative abilities for sure. Oh, yeah. Photography, you and, know, and your, edit your editing yeah. abilities as well. Cause like then the oh, editing yeah. is like, let's, <laughs> you, you actually move through, I think like through your photography career, it's definitely been my experience. You go from like using editing to save photos that aren't great to like using <laughs> editing to enhance photos that are already good. I think that's kind yeah. of the, the trajectory, but we better get into uh, the the next myth here. Otherwise we're, uh, we're going to record like a six hour podcast. Yeah. Okay. Um, I want to do one. Oh, I'm wondering if I should go in order. Okay. I'll just go in order. Sure. Um, so this one, I, I liked this one because one, I didn't think that Jared was going to put it because it's like, it makes sense once I get into it, but at first you're like, like counterintuitive really... one, eh? You'll see. What it... Yeah. Okay. So, um, as a myth, I, I just wrote fix it in post because yeah. there is, <laughs> there's a lot <laughs> behind <That's laughs> fix it in post. <laughs> um, so yeah, half the time people say I'll just fix it in post. Um, they can't. Um, and so if you start, you know, if you're starting out and you're, you know, maybe you're, you're in one of these scenarios that we're painting, you're taking photos and it's dark and whatever, and you just settle, right? And you, and you settle because you're, you're of that mindset of like, I've been using Photoshop for the last two months and I feel really strong now. Um, I'm going to pull a lot more out of this image. You probably won't half the time. It's don't, I guess the, the reason I'm saying that is because the best advice I could give for anybody that's kind of stuck in that mentality. And that was me for a very long time. And even now, I mean, not now with client work, but you know, with personal projects, um, I've had situations where I've been like, you know what, we've been at this for a while. This is a, not, a, not a bad image. I'm going to see what I can do with it. And sometimes that works. Sometimes that doesn't, but if you can just stay a little longer, try to get one or two more shots, um, maybe it's not going to be that perfect shot, but maybe it's going to be a little closer to that and it's going to be a bit easier for you to do that. So um, I think it's it's kind of just like this toxic <laughs> um, thing that or misconception that early on photographers have, but also that cl some clients have, that it's just easy to fix and post. Mm -hmm. 
Mm, um, yeah. And so I thought that would be an interesting uh, myth, I guess. Uh, myth is a strong word, but um, or I guess misconception that I could uh, kind of throw in here. Yeah. What's your thoughts on, on this? Uh, oh, I totally <laughs> agree, man. Like to, to me, it's always worth it to take that, like my personal philosophy, it's always worth it to take that extra time while you're on set. You know, you've got the the actor there or your client there, the model there, whatever it is. Just take the time. Don't get like, don't get frustrated. Even if you have to like step back from it for like 10 minutes, take a breather, you know, go walk around outside, come back. Okay, let's like get this rather than rush through it. Because I find that, yeah, like it takes so much more time to try to fix it in post than it would just to fix it on set. Like literally I've had things that I have fixed in post, right? And it took me like two hours or three hours or whatever, or longer where I like literally just like moving a light or swapping a lens out or where, you know, for video work, moving a mic, right? I'm going to spend all this time now trying to get the audio to sound good where I could have just even like done a totally different, okay, come over here. We're not going to use the shotgun. Let me put a lapel mic on you. Yeah, it takes like five, 10 minutes, whatever. You have to stop the shoot. But for, yeah, like what it's going to actually, it's going to improve your product, number one, and it's going to save you a lot of time. Like that's kind of a no brainer to me. Do, do it on set. Don't try to fix it in post. I like that one a lot. Uh, I got another yeah. another one for you here, kind of related to the uh, camera thing, but I think that this is even like, to something that's like even more important to pinpoint on it. And Michael kind of brought it up uh, that like the camera body is more important than the lens, right? That uh, again, getting that like super expensive body with like all of those crazy specs is like the single more most important thing. And as Michael was saying, like a big part of, uh, of having good photos is having good glass, right? Like that lens is super, that lens is super, super important. Like the, especially like the F stop on the lens, uh, one of the most important things. Right. And, you know, as part of that, there's all of these different things that people assume that they need, right? Like definitely full frame is one of them. Like people think, oh, you can't be a professional photographer or videographer if you don't have a full frame camera. Uh, the the megapixel craziness, like let me just tell you that this has got out of hand. Like you do not need 50 megapixels. Like you don't, <laughs> you don't, you don't. Like any- What? 20 megapixels, like these days, especially like with sensor technology, the way that it is, like you can definitely get away with 20 megapixels. Um, that's totally fine, right? Yeah. My camera has like 30 some megapixels, 32, I think, megapixels. It's it's plenty, right? Uh, the, the whole mirrorless thing is another interesting thing. Like, yeah, mirrorless is good. It does have its advantages, right? But do you necessarily, especially just as a photographer, do you like need mirrorless? Probably not. Yeah. Right. It's it, most like no, most of don't. the uh, most of the benefits to, to mirrorless are video related benefits anyways. Right. So, yeah. Do you really like it's 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 good to have and it will maybe make your life a little bit easier and uh, you will be kind of like future proofing yourself. But to think if that's holding you back from becoming a photographer or holding you back from making like uh, a commitment to photography, then I think that that's a bad thing. And uh, for yeah. 4K. 4k obviously is another one yeah it's nice to have uh as a video shooter especially and like i am going to i don't have a 4k camera yet i am definitely uh going to upgrade probably in the next few months or something like that we'll see what boxing day uh what boxing day deals are around uh but yeah just any any of those type of things like i think those are all words whatever 4k full frame just a bunch of words uh but (laughs) the important thing is like that you do 
photography, that you do videography. The important thing isn't that you have like a super, super expensive camera to do it with. Yeah. I, I want to double down on that statement that if you are purely shooting photos yeah. and you are not in a rush to get like the electronic viewfinder. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I know this is really going to hurt me uh, to say on the podcast, <laughs> but my favorite like experiences taking yeah. photos were just on my previous DSL DSLRs, yeah, which true. unfortunately had a Canon badge on them. Um, so, you know, that kind of hurts my stance in the argument, but it's um, yeah. I mean, if I didn't start doing more video, if I didn't yeah. see that I needed that, um, I probably wouldn't have made the jump to, to Sony mirrorless. Yeah, for um, sure. Especially if you're yeah. just getting into it, right? Like getting, getting an older Nikon or an older Canon, you know, is, is totally a, a perfectly good option. I'm going to build off of your point there. Uh, you referenced 4k. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean that again, I, I told Jared when we were planning this, I'm like, there's going to be so much overlap, but it's totally fine. We're going <laughs> to, we're going to go off of it. So that was my number five and I'm just going to use it to, okay. again, just kind of build on. Um, I was doing, uh, just a little bit of research. I want to see, you know, one narrative that gets spread around a lot, in including for me, is that, um, you know, there aren't that many 4K displays um, actually out there. I mean, of course, a lot of phones are capable of 4K um, viewing experiences, but as far as like TVs, how many people were, were, you know, actually purchasing these, and what has that ad adoption rate look like, basically, right? For me, I always just kind of, I always told people, you don't need 4K. Most people aren't even, you know, able to appreciate the 4K, essentially. They can't even, you know, view that. Yeah. But I wanted to give it a quick look and see if that's if that's still the case. And what I've seen is that it's still under half of, of households in the U.S. that have 4K te televisions or monitors. Um, and over the past two years, it has only been an adoption rate of an, or an increase of... Uh, so 31 to 44. So I guess was it 13% yeah. over the past two years. And of wow. course there's been a pandemic. So yeah, people have been tightening their belts. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Tighten their belts, but it's still under half. It's 44% right now. And I don't know if you guys have seen guys have seen, but if you put Peter McKinnon's like best looking videos, just set it to 1080p, it still looks incredible. Um, and clients are going to be fine with that for the most part. Um, you might have an odd client who will ask you about 4K. Mm -hmm. um, if you're in a situation where you don't have that, just try to educate them um, and, you know, try to just let them inform them that 1080p still looks really, really good. If that's something where you don't have access to 4K capability. Or rent but, a camera um, that's 4K or borrow one from your buddy Michael. That's or, true. You know. Yeah, you could borrow one um, depending on, on the scale of the client. You could ask them to foot the bill for the rental, right? Sure. If they maybe are really bringing you on because um, they've recognized you as a creative and your talent and you know your abilities, they'll they'll always invest. And um, again, depending on the scale of the company, but yeah, 4K is another one of those misconceptions for sure. You're right. Um, okay, so now I got to bring up one that you haven't said yet. Let's see here. Let's see here. Well, you're just what gonna take you're just said? gonna take two in a row like that. I didn't. I. I was feeding off of your point. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm feeding kidding. off it's your point. Do you want to do one? And then I'll go to No, next. no, no. Because I went totally on for a kidding. while there. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I just had my own podcast there, basically. I just yeah. went off. It's all good. Um, Welcome okay. to the Michael Show, everybody. I'm going to go have a nap. <laughs> okay. This next one's short. Okay. And then let's see if you can seamlessly transition it. We'll try. Uh, okay. So 
this I think you're gonna find this one interesting. You might laugh. Okay. So I wouldn't go as strong as a myth. Okay. I think it is an understandable misconception. So mm-hmm. but this is the most this is the closest I've gotten to the sun. Okay. So pros don't use pop up flash or shouldn't use pop up flash. Okay. So <laughs> Jared is giving me uh, quite the confused look, similar to the look um, that he gave me when I was talking about the Religious Atheists podcast. But um, <laughs> he, yeah, I know, I know. A pop up flash, it can be rough, right? Give me, give me, drink some water here, Jerry. Drink Hold some water. Prepare yourself. Here's why. Uh, maybe Here's you should why. clarify as well. Do you, when you say pop up flash, do you mean like a flash that's built into the top of the camera? Is that what you're talking exactly. about? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. So the the flash is built into your camera. Um, you'll notice that, especially with um, some of the more affordable uh, entry level pro cameras, um, they'll have them still. Um, yeah. A lot of the crop sensor techs uh, technology will have it. Yeah. Um, so. I mean, the, the one example I wanted to give before I, I give it to Jared here is just I was shooting a wedding <laughs> and my flash uh, stopped working. Not, not the pop up. Obviously, I was yeah. I wasn't, you know, your external charging, flash, external flash working. And all I had at the time was an a it was a six thousand. OK, so I had a pop-up flash. Now, here's what's cool about the pop-up flash. And the reason I bring this up is a lot of people shoot Sony and a lot of people still shoot A6000 in that whole series because the same pop-up flash exists within each model. Mm-hmm. It's a very interesting mechanical piece where you can actually angle it however you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I did, this is very on-the-spot thinking. I got a nickel and I jammed it down like towards the base where the camera flash pops out of and and held it just shooting upwards Hmm. and the ceiling was white and it was low enough and when i was taking the photos it would just bounce off and actually got a really good image i'll throw some uh oh i I guess we can't throw them up put them on the instagram we'll put them on the instagram that's what we'll do so check us out on uh, uh out over there you'll find the links down below but yeah uh, Jared, have you ever used a pop-up flash before on a gig? Uh, that's cool. I actually have never used a pop-up flash on a gig before, but I have used like my flash in a, in many very creative ways, like uh, okay. similar to what you're talking about. Uh, just, yeah, it's it, it ties in really well with everything that we've kind of said here where, where, you know, it's just about using the gear that you have in the best way possible, like getting the best possible results uh, with what you actually have in your hand already in your bag already right and they're on the set or wherever it is so yeah I, I like totally totally agree with that philosophy like it's better than not using any flash at all right like let's say your flash uh, goes down or batteries die you didn't bring batteries whatever yeah you've got that pop of flash like you should still try to use it and like i've done lots of funny stuff where i'll like yeah shoot it right at the ceiling or shoot it right at our wall even like don't hi- highly do not recommend this but just like holding your hand up at certain angles at like the back of the flash right just like a very ghetto <laughs> reflection <laughs> box type of scenario there like 
I've done uh, <laughs> sticking like a playing card in there, or just like a taping a big piece of paper oh. to it, you know, like just different things that you want to get. You can, uh, yeah, you can get creative with it. So yeah, like as opposed to using no flash, you can use that pop-up flash. Don't, I wouldn't rely on it. Buy a real flash. You can get one. Yeah. For like, you can get one for like 30 bucks, guys. Like those Godox ones are fine too. Like they're fine. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's more of like uh don't shoot with no extra light if you need it. Yeah. You got that. You know what I mean? Yeah, for you know sure. What I for mean? sure. Yeah, that's a good one, dude. I like that one a lot. Uh, okay, I've got another one for you here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is another one of these like gatekeepy, uh, snooty photography <laughs> type of ones, <laughs> oh, right? I love them. Uh, okay. Yeah, gotta love them. Uh, manual is the best way to shoot. Have you ever heard that? Manual is the best way to shoot. Yeah, I've heard or that. Or the one. only way to shoot. Yeah, that's or the only. Yeah, that's fair. Another, only way to shoot. Another yeah, version yeah. of it. I shoot manual pretty much all the time. Uh, it's it's what I'm used to, I guess. Uh, I guess I'm a control freak as well. I like to have like full control over the photo. I just know like the type of photos that I want to produce, and I know the general like rules. Uh, that I use to shoot those photos and I like to have that full control, uh, but I totally, I totally get it, right? If you guys like to shoot aperture priority or shutter, especially aperture priority, but shutter priority as well can be good. Uh, I'm, okay, I'm totally okay with that. If you find that you get the, the best results, like fully auto even, I'm okay with that, but like, I wouldn't really recommend it necessarily. Um, but yeah, you like, that's another thing that like shouldn't scare you away and it's not really like manual mode isn't really designed for new photographers right manual mode is designed for like seasoned photographers once you know a little bit more about what you're doing and you know how to like handle yeah like if you don't know what shutter speed actually controls you probably shouldn't be (laughs) right like in manual mode just like shoot shoot auto until you like listen to our podcast and you learn like what shutter speed it's just how long your shutter's open right aperture it's just how big that hole is like you can you can learn these things but in like until you do yeah go ahead and and shoot auto shoot aperture priority whatever it's just another one one of those things that could potentially uh scare people away from photography and i don't want that to happen to you so Mm -hmm. yeah it's a good point and i think something to highlight is that most cameras have different automatic modes for different scenarios and there is legitimate you know like smart people putting these things together and and improving them model over model so you know if you're struggling to kind of get those photos in um you know the shadow heavy forest or wherever you are uh maybe just select that icon (laughs) you know like the woodlands or or outdoor or or um, forests or whatever, nature. Sport sport mode and stuff is there too. They're all useful. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, these are things on your camera. Like, yeah, if they were completely useless, they they wouldn't exist. Like that dial wouldn't be there and it would just be manual. And I don't know, photographers Mm -hmm. that like that, I guess, they they just are pining for like the 1940s or whatever before (laughs) (laughs) there was any auto modes. But yeah, if you want to shoot that uh, way, go ahead. But it doesn't have to, you don't have to. It doesn't have to be that way for everybody, right? Right. Yeah, the, I mean those those presets are are pretty great. I think what happens often is once you learn how to use manual, once you go to those settings, you go, oh man, I wish they frustrate you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's like not bad, but uh, yeah. those shadows. It's ah, like tra- it's, it's like training. It's like training wheels <laughs> essentially, right? Like yeah, exactly. Yeah, 
Yeah. It. Uh, I will warn you, as Jared has essentially teased here, uh, once you learn manual mode, you become a control freak uh, everywhere <laughs> in your life <laughs> because uh, it, it You're like, does this, this does mentality this that you can just fix something and it'll does work. Does this relationship have a manual mode? <laughs> <laughs> can we just tune down the ISO here? Yeah. Yeah. Bring it up, please. You're a little dark. Uh, <laughs> and I wish I had a ma- manual mode for my bank account, let me tell you. Oh, my God. Just ISO 1 million, please. Yeah, please. Uh, yeah, anyways, you got a, you got another one here? Yeah, so there's uh, one that I really wanted to do. Um, and we've talked about it at some capacity a few different times in, in different podcasts. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, you need to have a style. Um, mm, slash yeah. need to use consistent presets. Um, cool, so cool. I kind of included those uh, there. And of course, you know, a lot of people will talk about this when you have an Instagram feed. Um, and it's it, it again, it's one of those things where I understand um, the visual aesthetic, the the how pleasing it is on the eyes when you go to a portfolio and everything flows really well, of course. But as far as like, you know, your website, you can always organize it in a way that works for you in your work. So as far as presenting it, I wouldn't worry too much about that. Um, I think most people that are going to find you on Instagram are going to probably go to your website that's linked in your bio anyways. And that's where the cell is going to be. Um, but I think one, this it's just for me, I find that there's um, probably a reduced growth as a creative when you only when you're selecting a preset and just like modifying the shadows and highlights to make it look right, um, you have to be able to willing to you have to be willing to to try different things. Um, you know, it it sounds it sounds like it's such a, a duh statement, but it's but a lot of people are just using presets. A lot of people are just buying people's presets and then using their presets. Um, explore go crazy do really stupid shit sorry i mean i I mean i think we've established that we can say the word shit on this podcast especially since it's not on youtube anymore shit 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 (laughs) (laughs) get it all in um so anyways uh, what i wanted to bring up was just um a piece of a podcast uh not a podcast an interview piece i did with andrew kearns he's um someone that i admire a lot um you may have heard of him on youtube and i just reached out to him asked him a couple questions and then um, I was like, can I make a blog out of this? He's like, yeah, please go ahead. So uh, one piece I wanted to bring in, I was asking him about style and this was his response. Back in the day I used, sorry, back in the day I used pretty much one preset and, and only that preset. Now I do a ton of freehand edits, my own, uh, my own presets, uh, Visco presets, Photoshop plus Lightroom, etc. If you want to be consistent, use one preset. If you want to develop, grow your skills, and expand your style, I encourage that you branch out. So I want—I just wanted to get a little tidbit from someone that people nice, might know man. and and uh, kind of bring that in. But what what about you, Jared? Like, what's your your kind of viewpoint on this? Yeah, I think that's really cool. Like, we have talked about it a little bit before. I've definitely yeah. kind of uh, explained, you know, my take on this whole thing is, yeah, it's important to have, like, your niche, your thing that you do, your thing that you're known for, right? Like, maybe that is a, a certain style of portrait, or maybe that is, you know, just uh, the way that you shoot lifestyle, or 
could could be so many different things like maybe you do block maybe you just purely do black and white photography and that's your thing right i think that is cool and it's good to have like uh an instagram account or a portfolio that has that at the same time though make sure that you're doing you know other types of shoots other experimenting i was uh telling michael you know off mic uh earlier that i've been doing a lot of just like photo walks i'm sitting around at night i'm like oh i could uh throw on some Netflix here. And I'm like, you know what? Got this camera. I live in Toronto. You know, it's kind of a, it's a waste of it. If I, if I don't go and, and enjoy the city and, and shoot some photos. Right. So I just go around mm-hmm. and shoot some photos and it's good practice, you know, come home, edit them. And yeah, when I'm editing like those photos, it's a very different process. It's a very different thing. I can just do whatever, do whatever I want. Right. I think it's important to have that room to, uh, to play around and experiment. Otherwise, yeah. Otherwise you like you're, uh, what's his name? Andrew, your buddy. Yeah. Andrew Kearns. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, other, like, like Andrew said, you're, you're not going to be growing. You're not going to be developing. Uh, yeah. You're not pushing yourself. Like you're, you're just kind of sticking to one particular thing. And, you know, if you do that, then the rest of the world is going to move on beyond you. Right. There's a reason why we don't hear about the band Papa Roach. (laughs) <laughs> or disturbed or whatever you know it's just like the they keep doing that new metal thing and like the rest of the world isn't doing that anymore you know what i mean it was a weird analogy i know so i don't know why i was thinking about pop, ro- pop you know, i Roach. love a good new metal <laughs> reference uh lincoln park my goodness i miss uh, you yeah maybe we'll do that for the next song cut my photos into pieces i don't know i'll work on it <laughs> um yeah i think like the last point I'll add there is just like you referenced like tr- like obviously like I got the camera I'm in Toronto and it's just like it's it's a lot of fun to shoot in Toronto there's it's a lot it's there's so much character so much detail and you get to really express yourself and that's really yeah. the thing that I think we're talking about here is when you're when you're relying on presets there's no creative expression there yeah and a, down the line you really want your creative expression to be what sets you apart from other people for sure for sure Absolutely agree, man. That is, and that, that is the ultimate thing, right? Like if you are looking to stand out, yeah, you have to allow yourself to, to develop a bit and experiment a bit. So yeah, I think that's really cool. Uh, another one that I want to put here, and I think this does actually really fit in well with, uh, with yours, Michael, it's kind of fitting in with that, like the perception of how you become a, a successful photographer and, uh, and the kind of the way that the business actually works. And this one here is, uh, the myth that is, cause I'm about to say words that are not true. That's how myths work. Um, <laughs> you need to be established to make money as a photographer established is in like, Jared, airport, what do you mean? You have to, <laughs> <laughs> it's a myth, right? It's a myth. Uh, I was guys like, uh, I'm, I'm sort of established now, I suppose I'm not like, the most established, I guess, whatever that means, photographer in the world. Uh, but people know that I shoot photos. They know the type of like photos that I shoot. Uh, they know the industries that I work in and, you know, people hit me up for that and they refer me work for that. It wasn't always this way. Uh, I used to just like take random gigs and kind of just do whatever. And I think that that was like a decent way to get started and to learn. Uh, and again, I just don't want to like, I don't want to have this like gatekeepy thing. I don't want people to be like scared out of doing photography. Like when I started out, like I wasn't the most experienced, I wasn't the most established and I still got gigs and I still made money. Right. I still like, there wasn't a lot, but yeah. I'll take a gig. I, you know, I'll, I'll take a gig. Sure. 200 bucks. All right. Whatever. Three, 300, 400, you build it after that. Right. 
Yeah. And uh, yeah, I just think like that mentality of, oh, kind of viewing the whole photography <clears throat> like grind or whatever as like a catch 22 situation where, you know, you can't get work until you've had work. It's just 100 percent not true. Like you you start doing work, you take on projects that you think that you can, even some that like seem hard where you're like, man, I'm going to have to learn a lot of stuff to do this project. Right. Like I had a certain point I had to like learn how to use a gimbal to do projects. Right. You'll, you learn it, you do it. Uh, yeah. I don't think that like you need to have this crazy huge portfolio and like a big list of clients to, to start. Right. I think it's more important that you take the gigs that you could get. Uh, it's more important that you start developing like a niche, something that you're good at, something that you do well, uh, you know, like for me, that is for the most part, real estate and, uh, yeah, like just get good at doing something that people want to pay you to do. And that's really the way to do it. Like, don't be so worried about, you know, this projection of, uh, which like at first isn't going to feel very, uh, legitimate to you anyways. Right. Like you're going to feel like an imposter if you kind of come out of the gate thinking like, Oh, I need to project this idea that I'm like this brilliant established, like genius photographer right out of the gate, just kind of be yourself. And and people will respect you for that. And you will start getting work and you will be, then you're starting to build your portfolio. Then you're starting to, you know, get it, get better gigs and kind of make it more of a career rather than a hobby, but don't be afraid to, to start. Don't let that hold you back. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good point. Um, I think, yeah, I think the most ex- important thing is, and you touched on that is just getting the experience and field, um, you know, and that's going to translate to, um, you know, I think every aspect to what we're talking about with imposter syndrome, with your portfolio, with, with everything, your confidence, um, you, the most important thing is just going and shooting. Um, in getting clients and and understanding how to how those interactions work, um, how those deals take place, um, it, it that stuff that's that's stuff you can read about. You can all these different people have you can listen to on podcasts it well, about it. You can listen to great podcasts like this one, um, you know, which by the way is not called the Religious Atheist Podcast. Nope. In case you missed it, this is the Photography yeah. Brothers <laughs> Podcast. I just wanted to put that in there. Real if quick. that is a real podcast, though, then that's weird, but. I know. Well, then they better plug us. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine. Um, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be the, I'll tell you later, the worst podcast I've ever heard of in my life. It's, oh it's not my even goodness. For, for my goodness. I need to get to that now. I need to get to that now. So, okay. So should I do my last, should I do the last one then? Do you, you're sick. Are you on your sixth already? Um, well, you kept eating away at mine. Are you, are you so, about to drop your sixth? I have to drop my sixth. Okay. But I think we're on pretty fifth? good time. I think do I'm going to do my time. fifth before you do your sixth? No, you do your sixth. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I'll I, do got, my I got one more after that. Then I'll get, I'll do one, one more. I'm really hoping that I, I just, I mean, not destroy one of yours, but that I, I basically like, I get one of the ones that you, yeah. you, you have left. If you have oh, two, they, that's like hitting a strike. Oh, okay. It's like, that you're yeah. going to steal one of my last ones. I'm going to steal one of yours because you stole in half mine. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So here we are. Um, and it is my last one here. It is, you should compete with lower prices. Um, oh, I love that one. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is something that I'm still trying to, to get through my thick skull, everybody. Um, and Jared's been helping me with that and uh, telling me that I should charge uh, what I'm worth. And uh, that's a good point. 
And uh, there's a there's actually a bit more to it too, though. Uh, there's a psychological aspect to that, and I know Jared's going to agree with me. But um, when you go to Walmart and you're like, "Man, I got, I got, I can't wait to watch the the Edmonton Oilers game tonight." What we need are some chicken fingers. So you go to the frozen section and you see that there are some great value chicken fingers, but you see some Jane's chicken fingers. If you can afford the Jane's, aren't you going to go for the Jane's? So I think you guys get where I'm going. Jared's nodding his head, so I know he knows where oh, I'm I just going. Like, I just like chicken <laughs> fingers. That's why I'm like, yeah, chicken <laughs> fingers. I, I agree Jared's, with you, Michael. Chicken fingers. Yeah. Jared, Jared's a big uh, Chicken Fingers fan. I'm a big Chicken Fingers fan. We got to start a podcast about Chicken Fingers. I'd be very, very excited about that. It would probably uh, be the sad them. thing. It was it would like instantly be way more successful than this podcast. I know. Yeah. It'd just be like hot ones. Yeah. We need to make hot Chicken Fingers. No, that might yeah. be too close. I don't know. Too close. We'll workshop um, it. We'll workshop it. <laughs> we'll workshop it. But point being is, um, yeah, like you want to compete with unique value. Um, compete with solutions. You don't want to compete with um, lower prices because you think that being more affordable is going to make you more appealing. It's going to make you less appealing um, because it almost seems like you, one, don't value your own work or two, um, they're just going to get the general per- perception that the work you're going to produce is going to be less than competitor B. Um, so I think that's just a, a massive, massive misconception. Yeah, that's one that's like really tempting to do as well, right? Because it, those first few times that, and like this still happens to me, this, the first few times that you, you're you doing all this work, you're doing all, you have your podcast, you've got your social media up, right? You're posting on Instagram, you're hustling and hustling, you're telling all of your friends, listen, you're calling them, I'm a photographer now, if you need to send some business, okay, now you get people calling you, now you're quoting jobs. And now people are telling you, you're too expensive. I'm going to hire somebody else, right? The temptation is so there to just be like, I'll just be cheaper then. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you can't do that. You really can't. Like you, you have to set your prices, like actually calculate it out. Like what is it costing you to do this? What is your time worth? You know, compare it to other ways that you could make money even, right? Like. I could bartend, I could cocktail and crap like that. And I'd make like, you know, four or 500 bucks a night. So if I'm going to shoot some photos. I got to make comparable money to that or more. You know, it just makes sense. Uh, yeah. If you start undercutting yourself and you start participating in that, like you're just not going to be, you're not going to be happy with your own work at the end of the day, guys. I don't know what, what else to tell you. I can't really like, you know, flavor it any other way. Right. These are cheap chicken, cheap chicken nuggets is cheap nuggets. Right. (laughs) Right. That's right. We actually have a, sorry, it was not important enough to cut you off. It really wasn't. I'm so sorry. I was just about to say, we have a box of, uh, uh, great value jalapeno poppers, um, that have been sitting in our freezer for the last two years because we've had a box. uh, We bought two boxes, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And yeah, one is never getting made again. (laughs) that's basically what i'm trying to say man yeah once you know if if you want to be able to like for me i want to produce work that i'm proud of i want to produce work that's a a standard where i look at it and i go like that's cool that i made that right and you know me and other people whatever if it's a collaborative project like i want to be proud of the work that i'm a part of producing and yeah if, if you're not charging enough money to produce a quality product 
you're just, yeah, you're letting everybody down. <laughs> so, I get, yeah. The other part there too is like, I know we talk a lot about, and ev- a lot of people, a lot of the people that you lean on for, for uh, creative or photography advice will tell you, of course, that equipment doesn't matter. But what does matter is that like, you know, when things go wrong with your equipment, you can afford to, um, you know, replace that or to repair it or to, you know, you don't want to just be covering your gas and, 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 you know, a portion of your bills um, with, with your photography. You want to be able to make enough money to completely, um, I guess, like you want to have that blanket. Um, so that way when something goes wrong, um, you know, maybe, maybe you're working, um, at another job like myself, I work, um, I work as a a video specialist at a company, but I also, of course, am working on building this freelance thing. And what I'm finding now is it's like, I don't want to pull from, from this income to support this income. I want to just be making enough so that what, you know what, when I do want to make an upgrade, or again, like I said, if I do need to, to make a repair or replace a a piece of tech in my, in my vault, right. Mm -hmm. That I can, and I don't need to pull from anywhere else. And it's so satisfying as well to be like, wow, I made this with this and now I'm, you know, I'm reinvesting, reinvesting. I'm creating the solution using, Mm -hmm. uh, the revenue that I've made with this device. It's just like, you're justifying it as well. And it feels really good. Um, but, um, yeah, in, in general, I think it's just, it's just good practice. For sure, for sure. I've got uh, one more here. Otherwise, this is going to yeah, be a, yeah. way too long a podcast. So It's been a good uh, one, though. Yeah, yeah. Just so you guys know like how nice of a person I am, I actually let Michael do six, and I'm only going to do five, okay? And I'm, like, okay oh. with that. I'm, like, totally yeah. okay with that, you know? I did, like, um, three. Yeah. <laughs> you did? Yeah, yeah, it's true. No, no, yes, I, I used my points were, to build off yeah, of yours, but there is I know, I know. A lot, a lot of years were we're complimentary to mine. And, and that's, that's really the, the key of this podcast, Michael, is we, we compliment each other, you know? Right, right, right. So, right. you know, you shoot Sony. I don't really get that, but you know, we, we make room for each other. So, uh, <laughs> anyways. Okay. So this is probably my favorite one, uh, other than the first one. Cause I think the first one about, uh, you know, the, the supreme, the supremacy of the camera being yeah. the most important thing, you know, other than that, I think that's like the number one photo myth. Uh, But this is a good one here. So here's another myth. Here's another statement that's not true. Michael, Mm -hmm. you need to to travel to take good photos, Michael. Well, obviously. I mean, look at (laughs) McKinnon, bro. Like, have you seen Nice Dad, bro? Like, (laughs) my God. Look at every photographer. Look at Instagram, right? Just open Instagram and you're going to see uh, people traveling around the world taking photos. And, and that's really the only way to be a photographer. No, it's not true. It's not true. Uh, you can take great photos anywhere that you are. You can take great photos in your house. You could take great photos in like a dirty old shed. Like you can take good photos anywhere. The thing that I really treasure about photos, like I'm saying, you know, open up Instagram, look at photos or whatever. I uh, go mm-hmm. on uh Petapixel or one of these photography websites. Like the photos that really impress me aren't usually those stagey ass photos, right? The photos that impress me are like a nice slice of life. Like I saw uh, one of our guests, John Michael, he, he was on the, the show not too long ago. Uh, I was looking at some photos on his uh, Instagram and like, I'm just digging them. Cause like, it's just his life. Like, that's, what's cool about them to me. It's like, you're 
allowed to put yourself into that their mindset, right? And like see the world the way that they're seeing it. Like to me, that's just so much more interesting than something that I know is a hundred percent fake. Like you rented a you rented a cool car for the day. Like congratulations. Yeah. Like that's <laughs> that's really great. It's not representing your life. It's not representing your experience. It just like it doesn't speak to me personally, right? Like those photos where just someone's out shooting photos, even like a lot of Michael's just random photo walk photos. I'm like, yeah, those are cool. Like it's, it's some, somebody's perspective. It's something different, something unique. Like that's what you have to offer as a photographer. So yeah, don't be so worried about like, Oh, I need to travel. Like, yeah, you can travel and take good photos. Obviously. Like, uh, one day I really like hope to go down to Jamaica and, and hang out with our yeah. buddy, uh, Kashif, who is on the show as well and, and shoot some photos with him. Like, obviously do that uh but again like this thing of gatekeeping i think that's been the biggest kind of theme that's run through all of these is like yeah d just any excuse that you want to make oh i don't have a good enough camera oh the light's not good enough today oh i suck oh <laughs> like get out there shoot <laughs> oh, photos oh i suck, <laughs> oh, I suck. <laughs> <laughs> right like just the important thing yeah maybe you do suck but like you're gonna keep sucking if you don't <laughs> if you don't practice if you don't try oh, right my. so yeah like that that really is the message like that don't let that limit you like that definitely should i don't have money to travel i guess i can't shoot photos like that just yeah. sounds silly to me like yeah get out there take some photos uh and that's that's i think our myths for today bro Hold on, hold on. Can I, can I, uh, oh, I just want to put one that. point yeah, on there. Yeah, yeah. 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 Go ahead, go the, ahead. Um, there's a great YouTube channel that's been very successful recently. Um, and I wanted to reference it because it really ties into what Jared, uh, Jared's point here is. It, it's like a, a kid. I think he, they're like a low income household. And um, I don't know what camera they're shooting it on. It's not very good quality. At least it wasn't to begin with. Um, and they basically used whatever they had around the house um, and the camera to recreate like Avengers trailers and stuff like that. And it started getting like news pickups. And it was I was like watching a Leaf game and somebody brought it up on the panel. You don't have to have <laughs> um, you don't have to have, um, I guess, a lot to to do a lot, I think, is is ultimately the point there yep absolutely dude absolutely so hopefully that's uh inspiring to people you know hopefully that removes some of the hurdles hopefully that inspires people to get out and take more photos because that's at the end of the day that's why we do this uh this podcast is because we love photography we want to see uh we just want to see better photos out there i think that's why we started this we were seeing too many mediocre photos we were like how can we <laughs> tell these people what's <laughs> up and uh and that's and you just doing, told so. them you suck <laughs> you, if you think you suck you suck <laughs> no, no, they no, don't no, suck no, jared no, they're no. early yeah you know? you're early hey man we all like the the first step of being great at something is sucking at it so that's the, true the, you know i'm not great at playing rush songs lord knows i'm not good at singing high like getty lee <laughs> you killed it man i thought you, I, I flashed out bro i thought you were getty lee for yeah second. yeah you're like whoa my goodness tom sawyer I wish, I wish. Yeah, I'll keep working on it. Maybe that'll be uh, my my next project. It'll be my Rush cover band. Michael's gonna learn how to play the drums like Neil Peart. So, Peart, Peart, <laughs> Neil Peart. I don't know. Rush fans will get mad if you say it wrong. Anyways, I think that is the episode. Uh, we've got some stuff to tell you guys. I don't want to take a lot of time on this. We've uh, we've 
we've BSed around this quite a bit. Uh, I don't want to use a lot of our precious podcasting time, but uh, we're running a contest right now. You can win to DJI uh, gimbal. It's the OM4. Yeah, it's the OM4. Um, it's going to make you go um because it's such a beautiful gimbal. <laughs> so far, uh, we've established yeah. that it allows you to play Sega Genesis games. That it's a yep. scratch, uh, scratch and sniff, and that it yep. also produces crunchy Cheetos. Crunchy Cheetos. Yeah, we know about that. Uh, you can also strap it to your feet and use it as a pair of skates skating season's coming up Mm. so yeah you're gonna want to uh do that Mm. um you know you can also it's it's amazon alexa enabled you can order uh you while you're skating there you know you want to go on uber go on there press your skate button burger shows up hot chocolate whatever (laughs) you want so it's sick um Just just some guy from like AW skating across on his DJI skates. <laughs> I have your order. I don't know why we can't just do a normal thing. Like we gotta make Oh it my god. Anyways, okay, so that's that. Um other stuff. Oh yeah, uh click the link down below. Do the stuff. Yeah. Win that gimbal. Like literally you'll win it. We'll set like if you win it, we will send it to you. <laughs> and and there's a cleaning kit and there's a, a 4K uh, capable SD card. card as well. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. Um, other than that, we have content to recommend for you guys. Uh, the usual content: uh, Michael and Costa on YouTube, Jared Poirier on YouTube. Those are our YouTube channels. If this podcast somehow we've been talking for an hour, and like if you listen to all that and you're like, this isn't enough. I just want more. <laughs> of these guys talking about i don't even care what they talk about i just need them to talk about it you know uh then you go find us on youtube we'll talk about some other stuff probably not photography because i don't know i'm talking that's only half of this show a lot (laughs) so you know uh anyways uh another thing that you wanted to check out if you love podcasts masha and the dogs uh Mm -hmm. my fiance's podcast it's wicked it's about dogs and a new shout out. So I'm going to take a shout out. Maybe Michael wants to do a shout out uh, oh, too. Because okay. I'm going to do a shout out for my friend uh, Larry's podcast. Uh, Larry is a friend of mine um, back uh, in the when I used to do like movie reviews all the time on YouTube. Uh, he was in that crowd and his stuff is super unique. He's uh, coming at it from a very different perspective. He's like a very sassy gay guy. So I love that. Uh, and he's he's got a new podcast he's been doing for a few months with his friend Ren, uh, a, a girl who's also pretty sassy. So it's just a pretty sassy podcast in general. And I like it. <laughs> uh, so look up uh, Cinema Snarks on uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. Sweet. Yeah, I'll definitely do one. Um, I've brought up this creative before, but there's a specific... Uh, content combo I want to recommend. So his name's Danny Giverts. You've probably heard of him before. Uh, he's kind of grown a little bit now, but he's he's really chill, really um, interesting personality in that he's just very like, he's moved to Hawaii and he very much so fits that that kind of like vibe. Um, but yeah, really nice guy. He has a lot of good content. But the what I wanted to highlight is that he recently put out a short film called A Cinematic Running Film. Oh. Um, and it's really really cool but he's also put together a how to storyboard short films and it's him storyboarding that film so i like that a lot really cool you know maybe watch the short film and then dive into that um and you can kind of learn a little bit he he does a lot of those things where he'll pull up milano and like plan out his his project so check out his content in general but this this is a really cool piece and his name is uh 
Yeah, it's Danny Gev- Giverts. Giverts. Okay. Yeah, send me the um, link. I'll uh, I'll throw it down below. Sure. Will do. Cool. Uh, yeah, and another thing, like we don't usually get to do this because we don't usually plan this podcast that well. Um, but next week we're covering a video game. I mean, if Michael starts playing it, yeah. hopefully we're going to cover a video game. Umurangi Generation. Uh, it's a photography game. You can buy it on Steam right now for like, I don't know, it's like less than 15 bucks uh, Canadian. If you want to like be really really tapped into next week's episode uh you can grab that game and play it a bit i would recommend that you play it anyway Uh, it's available on pc and steam it's a pretty cool uh photography video game uh like street photography uh indie developer so it's cool i think you should support it Uh, we're going to talk about next week awesome i'm excited 